0: one eight hundred next step. That's one 8783 Or text next step to five three three four two. New York call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y. Or text Hope and Y four six seven three six
1: nine. Let me tell you, this movie. I Feel like that's a cinephobe staple. Is the group chat this movie?
0: Let me tell you, we've watched
1: some real shit bags on this show,
0: but this is overflowing with feces we need two bags just to carry all the shit that's in here
2: i finally figured out how how white people see minorities I mean, oh that's what they see like all the time i'm like what are people thinking and then da da. da and like right. like it all makes sense now you're not wrong <laughs> we do think
0: we do yeah i mean some of us pretend we don't but yeah that's that's basically it
2: your picks have been horrible man it's the point that's the point of the show, isn't,
0: isn't it? it? Isn't, isn't it? it? It's isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is
2: about. Poppycock! What the fuckhouse. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind.
0: Poppycock! What story? <laughs> what story? What are you talking about?
2: Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie, I'll just tell you that. You picked this, motherfucker. So...
0: <laughs>
2: just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is they make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. I was legitimately offended. You were I offended? Was a, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean! Inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking all (laughs) alone.
0: The podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin al Hassan, That's Anthony Mays. Reminder, if you have a submission for this show, it needs to be rated 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for either the audience or the critic score. You want to know if, if Hitch qualifies? It doesn't, guys. You know why? Because you searching on Rotten Tomatoes. It's above <laughs> a 40%.
2: As, as someone... A nominated hitch?
0: I don't know if someone has, but... But I just, it is,
2: it fits the profile of a movie that's clearly too good to be on this podcast, but for some reason, someone might nominate but it. But also, Bad Boys 2
0: qualifies for this podcast, which is insane.
2: Does it? Yeah,
0: it's like 32% or something like that.
2: That's allegedly the best Bad Boys, right?
0: It's my favorite Bad Boys, although I haven't seen the new one. So maybe the new one's better. I, I, I doubt it. <laughs> I've heard it's better than you assume. That was what a couple of people told me when they saw it. They said, it's better than you assume it is. But this week, you know it's not better than I assumed? This week's pick of 2016 action crime drama, I Am Wrath. I Am Wrath stars Johnny Travolta, a cinephobe Hall of Famer at this point, as Stanley Hill. In 2016, Johnny had been in American Crime Story as Bob Shapiro. And something called In the Valley of Violence, which, for all I know, is the exact same movie as I Am Wrath.
2: And <laughs> the Valley of Violence sounds like a great movie.
0: It does, right? Like, it's probably like a like a David Finch
2: movie. It's I don't know, but it's...
0: David Lynch? I was, uh, David Fincher? David Finch. I meant for Fincher, <laughs> but I really meant David Lynch of like a kind of an artistic... Don't combine them in a different way. Actually, if you combine them, that's, that's a hell of a director. He was two years away from doing Gotti and three years away from the Fanatic in the Pitbull music video, Three to Tango. (laughs) Do you know he's in that? Because it's on his IMDb. What?
2: What, what? what?
0: (laughs) John Travolta is in the Pitbull music video, Three to Tango.
2: Oh, no, I know that because they became friends and Pitbull is the one that convinced John Travolta to stop wearing wigs and accept that he's bald. And apparently this was something that was just out in the open and... Known by everybody, and nobody told me because I found out like two years later. I found out earlier this year. I found out in twenty twenty.
0: We also get Christopher Maloney, who I just realized isn't last name Christopher Merloney, and the entire <laughs> all my notes say Merloney in, in this. <laughs> so we're gonna refer to him as Christopher Merloney. But Christopher Maloney is from Law and Order SVU, Wet Hot American Summer, and Oz.
2: Anyone who was on Oz, I don't care how many other things you were in. You are always gonna be your character from Oz. So, for instance, there is the actor who plays Bodie on The Wire, right? Yeah. Most people see him and say, Bodie from The Wire. Not me. Nope. He's Bricks. Wangler, Kenny Bricks Wangler from Oz. My man, J.K. Simmons. Yeah. He's Schillinger for life. I don't care. Whiplash, whatever you do, the farmer's insurance, you are Schillinger and Chris Maloney, you are Chris Keller.
1: So, if someone says, like, oh, you know, Rick Fox who played on the Lakers, you're like, no, 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 <laughs> he was an Oz. Awesome. Nope. I love Chris Maloney, by the way. He's also Freak Show and Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Oh, that's uh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard everything you said.
2: Also, by the way, another guy, LL Kuja was Jiggy Walker. <laughs> Jiggy Walker, because he came in and he was telling all sorts of stories about how he sold drugs to the governor and stuff. Turns out it was all a lie. Oh, my God. I miss Oz so much.
0: If we could pause this Oz recap to do Cinephobe, we also get Amanda Scholl from Pretty Little Liars and Suits. We get Sam Trammell from True Blood. We get Patrick St. Esprit from Draft Day, that pancake motherfucker. motherfucker. Remember him?
2: You are burning the lead, my friend. <laughs>
0: We get Rebecca de Mornay. Hey, Rebecca de Mornay From The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Yes. <laughs> Back in like 1990.
1: And Risky Business.
0: Oh, wow. I Am Rath is directed by Chuck Russell, who you may know from directing uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember that one.
0: The Mask. The Mask? The Blob, Eraser, and The Scorpion King.
2: Eraser opened the same weekend. As Independence Day. Oh, that's right. And I remember in high school making an active decision to go to the theater. They're both starting at the same time and said, Independence Day just looks dumb. I'm going to go see Eraser. And that's not the worst part. The worst part is I walked out of Eraser and said, What a great selection. Like I knew, I nailed it. I was so proud of myself. I was like, Oh man, everyone's going to go, like, suckers, go watch that Independence Day. Eraser is where it's at. It's going to be the blockbuster of the summer.
1: Had that workout, Scorpion King is forty percent, right on the line, and Eraser is thirty-seven percent.
2: Oh baby, we know what means next pick. I'm telling you, I watched that movie and walked away like worth every penny.
0: I mean, man, I loved just the technology of the guns with the scopes and the everything. Green. Oh, with the yeah. green oh, scope, because so cool, we've always man. seen his red scopes aren't so cool. life.
2: They came with the green, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah and it was file, like it could file. Yeah, yeah, Right now. Yeah, I don't even... <laughs>
0: <laughs> this movie, I Am Wrath, was written by Paul Sloan for the screenplay and Ivan Gautier For the story, Paul Sloan has written a movie called
1: Stiletto, Vigilante Diaries, and Alison Chains' Black Antenna. And Paul Sloan is in this movie and Paul Sloan was in The Scorpion King. Oh. That's how it all came together.
2: Also, Ivan Gautier. Somebody you used to know.
0: Also, uh, somebody who has written a bunch of shorts in a movie called L.A., I Hate You.
2: <laughs> the feeling is mutual.
0: <laughs> synopsis for I Am Wrath. A man is out for justice after a group of corrupt police officers are unable to catch his wife's killer.
2: I wish I had seen that synopsis before I started watching the movie. I have a bunch of notes that are going to be made obsolete as the movie, as the story reveals itself.
0: Tagline, I lay my vengeance upon thee. (laughs) No. Love it. Other tagline, a story of corruption, vengeance, and retribution.
2: I mean, that's. Wow. Okay,
0: that's $18 million estimated budget for this one. On what? I mean, it it did 228.
2: Wait, this opened in theaters? Yeah. Well, I thought this was like a direct-to-Netflix I mean, it deal. might have been
0: a very select release. But I don't it think was this
2: was a wide release. $228,000.
0: I'm sorry. I shortchanged it. $228,631. There you go. U.S. and worldwide. Too early to call, though, because you don't know how many Netflix subscriptions have been driven by this movie.
1: Well, Zach, I have here that it made $2.5 at the home market. And 6,784 in the theaters. Oh, okay.
2: That makes it worse, though, right? Better, I guess, better in that they made more money than Zack said, but worse in that even less people went to see it in the theater than even Zack said.
1: <laughs> and this is the first movie that I can remember that we've seen them list the home market performance <laughs> as a category right yeah that's true
2: you kind of have to though right
1: they should have left it at six thousand seven hundred eighty four <laughs> i'm
2: doing the math at fifteen dollars a ticket that means less than 450 people saw this movie in the
1: i'm mad i'm
0: not one of them because i was i was one of the few to get into Gotti. i've never i've never heard of this
2: movie never heard i've of it. just
0: seen it on netflix a lot it's always popping up of based on your history you no. might like this like it's all <laughs> over there <laughs> profiling i am wrath is on netflix uh, if you want to watch the movie before you listen to the rest of this podcast it receives an 11 from critics on nine reviews 33 percent from the audience on over 1400 ratings i mean do you want the positive or the negative
2: zach you know i'm a glass half full kind of guy so give me the positives well everybody's just thinking about the negative Well, I think the the
1: glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty.
2: So the
0: one positive critic score, because if you don't know the math, it's one out of nine, is from Michael Rechstaufen of the LA Times. Travolta, who took over the role from Nicolas Cage, and Maloney, who's looking more and more like Robert De Niro every day, have a loose, easy chemistry that goes a long way to enliven all that overworked familiarity.
2: There's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) So we can say with fair certainty... There's no bigger red flag for a role than Nicolas Cage turned this one down.
0: Wow. Well, all right. Hold on a goddamn minute. What is that implying?
2: He doesn't turn down much. There is no role too bad for Nicolas Cage except for this one.
0: I prefer to look at it as there's no role that Nicolas Cage can't consider making into a good role.
2: Except for this one? Except for this one. And then the other part is Chris Maloney looks like Robert De Niro.
0: I can only assume this is racist
2: i mean yeah, but did i did i write
0: that user connor m gave it three out of five stars it's a good bad movie
2: okay i'm gonna argue it later it's not but spoiler alert.
0: user callison d three and a half out of five stars watch the movie while on the treadmill at the gym and so it was pretty good if you have beef with someone this movie will help you get your revenge feelings <laughs> out law and oh, order yeah. elliot Stabler character is john travolta's partner in this revenge thriller gig Interesting with the plot, pretty decent, won't win any awards ever, but yeah, it
2: was okay. I, I think I know <laughs> what this particular reviewer looks like.
0: User Becky M gave it four and a half out of five stars. The right amount of humor for an action revenge movie to make it very enjoyable. I've watched it multiple times. What the fuck?
2: <laughs> there was humor?
0: Becky with the bad taste. The <laughs> I, think the, I think the banter between Maloney or Merlone, as I call him. Merloni and Travolta are supposed to be like humor. Okay. Blank user gave it four and a half out of five stars. Fine movie, good acting, story ripped out of the headlines, corruption, murder, hate, and more murder. A good way to relax on a day off from the jungle.
2: Which headlines and what jungle? <laughs> and
0: user Gustav S. gave it a five out of five stars. Very good, sad movie, very funny, very much cool action, plus Johan Travolta is very cool in it. Boom, I give this a 66.66666 out of 70.
1: Johan Travolta?
0: It says Johan Travolta, (laughs) all right? All right, the negative review. (laughs) Jeff Beck from The Blue Spot. Oh, man, what? I Am Wrath is about as cliched as cliched gets when it comes to the action revenge genre. What? Marhila... Marla Durovich of Cairo 360, generic, cliched, and exceptionally tiring. Chris Boumbray of Joe Blow's Movie Network, a very tepid, uninspired John Wick
2: clone. Is it? Again, I've never seen John Wick, so I don't know.
0: Oh, man, it rips off John Wick like you would not believe. Really? Oh, my God.
2: That should be interesting.
0: Neil Genslinger of The New York Times. The script, besides being full of bad guy cliches, doesn't give the actors enough opportunities to work up a buddy rapport though the glimmers of it that they are permitted are promising. Our guy, Brian Orndorff of Blu-ray.com. This (laughs) fraud. Not of BrianOrndorff.com. I wonder what that review looked like. The film dies on impact, providing a good reminder to rewatch John Wick instead. A.A. Dowd of A.V. Club. It's yet another entry in the endless cycle of middle-aged vigilante rampages of formula that no one but Liam Neeson seems capable of actually wringing entertainment from. Try as his various 50-something peers might. Wow, someone's a big Liam Neeson fan. And then we have two more reviews. These are from users. Blank user. One out of five stars remove steven seagal replace with john travolta and you've got a weaker and cheesier remake of hard to kill i agree with this
2: Uh, is it like hard to kill
0: i mean it's more like john wick than it is hard to kill but it's i i kind of agree
2: with that it does have some some notes yeah some some notes
0: right (laughs) a hint of it and then user phil s gave it half a star out of five stars Predictable. Shallowly acted. Formulaic to the core. A hair bulb transplant festooning Travolta clings desperately to the fumes left over from the gas fire that was from Paris with Love in a failed attempt to stay relevant as an action star. The suspension of disbelief required to take this movie seriously could have only been found in a deluded Jehovah's Witness. The movie sunk into his hair bulbs would have been better spent on good writers and rehearsals with an expensive acting coach. The scene where he spews the title of the picture into the reflection of himself in the door's glass was laughable. The nine critics who found this movie entertaining, by the way, were from a consortium in Salt Lake City, Utah, who also believed that Angel Moroni gave Joseph Smith his 3D glasses so he could translate wow. the Miracle Plates into the Book of Moron, pun intended.
2: I'm going to count that as a positive review for the simple fact that he doesn't think Travolta's wearing a wig. He thinks he actually got hair plugs.
0: Do hair plugs look better than a wig? Yeah, right. No, that's
2: why you get hair plugs, right?
0: No, you get hair plugs so you don't have to put wigs on.
2: No, wigs are easy because it's just whoop whoop. Like hair plugs are just too involved a process, and so people wear wigs.
1: No, I'm gonna no, nah, I'm gonna turn this into a poll. In a photo finish, wigs over hair plugs. What looks better? to 49%.
2: Amin, what is your first note? My first note, which I kind of spoiled in the group chat, (laughs) the number of title cards to start this movie reminds me of the family guy where Peter keeps getting pump fake. Ah, good. It's starting. Yeah, that's what you say.
1: I can never figure out when the hell a studio logo's end and the actual movie begins. All right, let's see what you got, Fox. Oh, I bet that's a sea monster. Oh, that's not the movie. That's, yeah, I think I heard it, Em. Here we go. Movie! Well, now that seems intentionally misleading. All right, someone's coming to town. Oh, for crying out loud. Oh, all right, period movie. Oh, not a period movie.
2: Oh, this guy's in trouble. Can't wait to hear his story. Oh, come on! I mean, there must have been at least four or five of them. Right? To start this movie? There are four. I I it was just, it was ridiculous.
0: My opening note is how many opening production companies do we have here? This is like four so far. One of them, Hannibal Pictures, almost looked like a swastika and it came after Patriot Pictures. I shouldn't have this many notes about production companies in the opening credits. I had never heard of
1: any of them. No. Never. Not a one. That was the first time I think in my life that I've paid attention to this and not had a clue who these companies were. I'm looking up Hannibal Pictures right now. Oh, wait vengeance starring nick cage
0: okay speed kills starring travolta larceny starring dolph Lundgren. zach are you sure this isn't your production company? <laughs> the big bang starring antonio
1: banderas whoa on, oh, guys we, got, we might have something here casino jack with kevin spacey gun with 50 cent this isn't this isn't your shot all things fall apart with 50 cent this is wow
2: it's harper media
1: might be armand asante and partners in action yeah all right this is
2: there's a new story that came out today that said scientists may have discovered another parallel universe i feel like this is the biggest proof we have that there is an alternate universe where zach harper is a big time hollywood <laughs> Dude. can you imagine <laughs> green lighting green lighting all of these what wouldn't i green light
0: the company would be broke within weeks no matter what budget you gave me, no matter what funding. Because I'd just say yes to all of it.
2: I can't say no.
0: <laughs> we open with a news montage shootings in Columbus. It's a video of cops shooting people on traffic stops. And I wrote, Is this a police brutality movie? Turns out it's
2: not. <laughs> no, very opposite. <laughs> I kept waiting for there to be a reason that this was set in Columbus, Ohio. It just seemed like a weird location and like and what if it happened in columbus right and then the other thing from the newscast was very very magalicious very magalicious shootings are up due to gang, gang violence
0: violence, right that's where i wrote so i wrote is this a police brutality movie oh wait it's saying they're stopping gang related violence in the city
2: i'm like you watch the news you'd be like gang violence is the one that's leading the way with hey, you watch the, all the fucking time. news hey, there should be no easier hollywood set to strike than newscaster doing local news and somehow they messed it up with the worst green screen ever it's, I mean, it's just like, how are you this bad at this, at, at making this look real?
1: I had a headache after four minutes of endless shouting about gang violence. It's like four and a half minutes of this. These are targeted acts of criminals. Yeah, no, it's four minutes because the first 30 seconds
0: of the movie are just production companies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the irony of, of this podcast criticizing anything for taking too long to actually start.
0: <laughs> So here's the other thing, is there's a guy who gets out of the car and has his hands up and then does a spin to try to shoot the cop, and it's just like the spin in Swordfish. I fucking lost it. I lost it. I paused the movie, and I got up, and I, like, kind of jumped around the room a little bit and, like, ran out. It's so good. Breaking news that there are riots downtown and an undercover cop has been killed. Breaking news of a police chase and a lot of shootings and a carjacking.
2: That was a completely gratuitous piece of information because I thought it was like, oh, here we go, like this is a major plot point of who is this undercover cop and how long was he dead before they found him and all because it was they found him in between the walls of like some some building, right? So I'm like, oh, this is a major plot point we're being introduced here. No. i had nothing to do with anything it was just like let's spice up the news a little bit
1: do you guys think any of it was real footage or that they wrote shot and created all of that that's my next one is is this all real footage if not it's
0: extremely well done and i see why the budget was so high because they had to recreate all the stuff 18 million dollars for this piece of shit are you kidding me i don't know or maybe you have to buy that footage so that's why the budget's so high? Either way, it's because of this footage. We're four minutes in and we still have footage and news montage and no Travolta. And then a, a guy with a goatee and a beanie kills someone in a convenience store, then looks at the camera and shoots the camera, and we're yeah. out of the montage.
2: <laughs> that, now I'm pretty sure that, that one <laughs> That
0: one That one, was recreated. That one
2: was, Yeah, that one was a reenactment. <laughs> By the way, did you guys notice something in this movie? The sound mixing. Fire that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. When they talk, it's whispers, Yeah, and then when anyone shoots, it's like a cannon.
0: It can't be that
2: hard. If you watched it, like that's the the one prereq to be able to mix it well, is you watched it at least once and said, ah, that's way too loud, and now I can barely hear what he's saying. The only way to mess that up is if you did not watch it. If they (laughs) threw it to you as a sound mixer, you never got to it, and you just threw it right back. Good to go. Imagine if they send an email with exclamation points about please, we have a feeling the sound mixing is pretty bad. Please take a look at this. And you just posted it because what? I think uh, <laughs> I have a feeling that like the sound
0: mixer was trying to get fired. And just said like fuck I'm sending it this way and the, he can he can yell at me and then the you're right, the guy never you guys like, Yep, sounds good.
2: Or the sound mixer had other interests, you know, there's <laughs> some other things going on in the world. The sound mixer was very, very concerned with. Didn't have time to do, you know, his job. He
1: probably mixed it for the theater and then they shafted him by going straight to VOD. Right.
2: And he never had a chance to remix it. Somebody else's fault. I like that one.
1: Governor Pancake
0: Eater is addressing a crowd outside of the Capitol and he's uh, saying that they've cut crime over four years, homicide down, robbery down, all crime is down. Everybody is cheering. Uh, his discussion of crime being down. And then all of a sudden someone just says,
2: what about the pipeline? What about the pipeline? Do you miss the part where he says, you don't have to hear it from me. And then grabs a random black woman (laughs) and asks her about how gang violence is doing. Was she a reporter? No, No. she was a plant.
1: Yes. Oh man. We just had four minutes of endless news reports about how crime is through the roof. (laughs) Governor comes out. Crime is down.
2: (laughs) It almost sounds familiar. I mean, who can imagine a publicly elected official coming out and just completely contradicting facts? (laughs) Which just his own kind of like delusions of what the world is like.
0: What I love is when someone goes, "What about the pipeline?" And now all of a sudden, people raise up these signs of stop the pipeline. pipeline. That's not how a protest works. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> a well organized no, protest. works No, like no, that. no, no, no. We no. wait.
2: No, 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 Zach.
0: You would have had those up the entire time. You bait and switch them,
2: Zach. You've been going to bad protests that are not organized. These people, exactly, bait and switch. Right, guys, are going to wait until there's a dead spot, and then I'm just going to yell. What about the pipeline? And this is <laughs> when we flip those signs. Then
0: we strike. And you think Columbus, Ohio has the subtlety to pull this off.
2: Huh. Touche. <laughs>
0: <laughs> A family watching him talk on TV says, Mom, you're famous. They're talking about your project. Rebecca Des Mornay is tasked with checking the numbers on the pipeline project. Now we're back to John Travolta coming into town from the airport, and Rebecca's picking him up.
1: This fucking wig, man. His
0: wig is spectacular. Oh, the hairline is spectacular, but believable. Like, the wig is perfect.
2: Yes. Uh, it's a little too perfect, if you ask me.
0: And Now, as he and Rebecca are talking, I have the note, okay, I don't know what's wrong with me or what's wrong with John here, but all I'm doing is picturing him as Moose.
1: Moose is in the house. <laughs> moose is in the house. Watch out. Watch out. Here's Moosey. Rock my hair!
0: So his line delivery is throwing me off. I don't know if that's on him or on me, but his dialogue here feels so stilted. I'm not believing that he's having this conversation with her, but at least there's the same lack of eye contact. <laughs> Moose has ruined me for Travolta movies now. If I go watch Pulp Fiction, I'm going to expect Moose. You can see <laughs> <laughs> Moose with his glasses. Actually, if we could reshoot Pulp Fiction... <laughs> With just Moose as the character, instead of Travolta. I'd pay $1,000 for that movie.
2: What do they call a Whopper?
0: (laughs) Royal with cheese! Turns out Moose was on a job interview in California. As they get into the car in the parking lot, John spots a flat tire. Says he'll change it himself, no need to call AAA. Right then a guy comes out asking for three more dollars for his flight while his kid waits in the lobby. This is not a believable story.
2: And absolutely, like, it just doesn't make sense. Who buys last-second tickets? How are you $3 short on a last-second ticket? Will they take cash on a last-second ticket? Who leaves their child in the lobby? Wouldn't they come out with them as they walk around? Isn't that a better tactic to get money from people? All I can think of in this scene is this is how white people view minorities. Guy with a knit hat on, crazy eyes, begging for money, only to, of course, stab you to death.
0: Spoiler alert. John Travolta tells her to get in the car and says, not today. Then someone comes and hits him from behind with a crowbar. I feel like crowbars aren't a thing anymore.
2: No, I've never seen a crowbar in my life. Oh, I have. It's exciting.
1: These guys use some interesting weapons in this movie. Oh, my God. We'll get to the barbershop scene. (laughs) (laughs) The
0: guy then stabs her with a knife. Two guys are kicking the shit out of Moose, to which, all right, I'm not proud of this note, but it happened in real time. I'm keeping it in. One of the guys I wrote, wait, is that Bomani Jones in a bucket hat? Wow. I thought he looked like Bomani. Wow. I did. I'll did. i address it later, okay?
2: Okay. All right.
0: It's a note. I'm not going to hide anything here, all right?
2: The funny thing is, when you said earlier you had yourself a moment, I thought we had the same moment. Oh. And now I'm realizing, no, we didn't.
0: Two Americas. Why would they stab the woman who's about to give the money but not kill John? I don't know. It makes no sense. John is gushing blood and crawls over to Rebecca and then makes a face that I just write, moose's back. And then my next note is, wait, is that all the Rebecca we get?
2: Yeah, I was kind of shocked about that.
0: I was shocked.
2: We get some more Rebecca. I got a note here for you guys. You're
0: going to love it. All right. (laughs) At a police station now, John is talking to Detective Gilmore.
2: And you know who that is? Who? That's the dude from True Blood who turns into a dog.
0: Oh, okay. I've ne- I've only seen half an episode of True Blood. We've had this discussion before,
1: yeah. Sam Merlot. Don't
2: do bad things with you. He
0: mentions the cut on John's forehead and how it sucks because blood gets in your eyes. John looks perplexed. <laughs> Moose said he saw one of the guys before he got hit. It sounded like a Hemi engine, a muscle car from the 60s. He used to build yeah. engines for Chrysler. Which then I thought, yeah, well, he's going full Moose here.
2: There's just a lot of detail.
0: Another detective comes in and asks what the state of his marriage was. Moose can't believe it. He says, what the hell kind of question is that? He's on the verge of being assless, okay? He's almost acting his ass off. He's so close.
2: There's someone else who's going to get have him beat, by the way, very shortly.
0: Slow, dramatic zoom out from the office. Really weird. I liked it. <laughs> you liked it? Yeah, oh! man. Chuck Russell brought it there. And then it was slow motion. And there was a lot of slow motion in this movie. I was waiting for this thing to be for it to be like shot on an iPhone. Like I I kept waiting for that note. Moose kisses her corpse in an open casket. Gross. He just kissed a dead body in front of people.
2: Can you do that? Because like it's not like her dying dead on the floor. She's been dipped in embalming fluid and had all types of. I don't know if you guys have ever watched one of these documentaries about how they actually prepare oh, corpses for the funeral. Toxic. It's like, it's, that's not a human being that you see in front of you. They literally just, just skin and like tinfoil and lots and lots of chemicals. Also, I don't know if you guys noticed this. Her tits. The corpse, Rebecca de Mornay's tits, gigantic, humongous, gigantic. Like as we're seeing a a wide shot, yes, a wide shot of Travolta talking to the doctor with the open casket behind them and the corpse in there. You see a little bit of her bangs, like her nose, and then just two massive breasts.
0: (laughs) I mean, I started looking up pictures from "The Hand That Rocks the Cradle." I was like, I don't remember that. I was so confused by that. His daughter says the day he came back, her, the mom was driving her nuts because she wanted a new outfit and sexy tan lines. What?
2: Yeah, that was such a weird She's in her 60s. <laughs> and also, it's her fucking funeral. Maybe I hold on to that one.
1: <laughs> right? The corpse with
0: blown up tits is sitting eight feet away. Read the
2: room. Let's, for instance, suspend the disbelief of this is a story, and realize that a scriptwriter wrote that. Mm-hmm. Yo, I think it would make it really authentic if you made the daughter mention about the mom wanting to lose the goddamn tan line. What is this voice? <laughs> I don't like this voice. <laughs> this voice—that's the guy in the in the writing room. It's the Paul Sloan voice. Is that Yvonne Gauthier? And also, her tits need to be bigger, bigger bazongas.
0: I feel like you think Skip Woods is. is- <laughs>
2: isn't he in every one of these movies
0: moose says he's gonna leave the funeral with people arriving and it's it's at this point where i write jesus he's gonna have an ass this whole movie
2: white people in the movies always have black pastors have you ever noticed that when they're they're going through trying times the pastor of the church is always black every time i know it's true because i notice it every time i always say to myself why would a mostly white congregation have a black pastor I think it's because black people like other than be able to portray gang members really well, they also portray very, very religious. Like when you want to get, someone's very religious,
0: like really tapped into God.
2: Yeah. You get a black person to come say, she's with Jesus. Now Uh, come hold her Bible. Uh, She uh, like, I'm not much of a church going guy. I know that's why she done gives it to you. Like that's, that's a perfect role for black people. And, in, in white people's world,
0: um, his interaction with the priest is just horrendous. It's like a table read. Yes, he's got the effort of a table read. He says he
1: doesn't pray. He only went to church for his wife. He walks out.
2: That that's why she wants she wants
1: to have it. His upper lip is soaked, and I wanted to know: Do you guys think those are real tears? Because I could see it going either way. No, no, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think they're that-
0: spraying him down with mist before every take. I don't think that Botox has allowed him to cry real tears and.
2: A decade. My man in the writing room was like, "We got to spray them with more mist. Get, give, give me that. Give me that." And he just grabs a water hose and.
0: I really don't like this voice that's happening. I don't like this character.
2: Yeah, make it wet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The governor is now being asked about the crime. He promises swift justice for the family. Moose throws her Bible on the ground while he's drinking at home, and it opens to a specific page. He's curious and walks over. Yes.
2: I really thought when he threw the Bible and then like the way he looked at it, <laughs> like, oh, shit, there's a note inside the Bible. Like he thought it was he was just giving him a Bible. Turns out, no, 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 there's a note in there say, yo, they're after me, da, 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 da. Go talk to the wife of the murdered undercover cop. Something like that. Nope. He turned and was startled at the page of the Bible it was open to, even though it was across the room.
0: And he focuses on, but I am full of the wrath of the Lord, and I cannot hold it in.
2: That's not exactly the name of the movie I want to put <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. He gets a phone call. It's his daughter. She wants to make sure he doesn't blame himself for all this. I don't believe any of the relationships in this movie. Ugh. It's They're all strangers.
2: Especially, by the way, you know who annoys me the most in the family?
0: The husband?
2: The son-in-law. Yeah. Oh, my God. Why are you here?
0: He's awful. You're
2: just a waste of space.
0: Spoiler alert, I was hoping he died later. I thought he did in the car crash. I really got excited. Cops picked up the suspect. They say he was tweaking and driving a muscle car like Moose heard. He offers him a cigarette in the room, which is a wild thing to see in 2020. Smoke detector's broken. Moose says he hasn't smoked in years your wife hound you too that's from the detective his wife just died yeah what yeah. <laughs> how is that what you
2: ask that's now two questions how is your marriage what your wife hound you too who among us hasn't had a wife hound us all the time about a quick burner here <laughs> or there we gotta have a line in Why there
0: are you harvey Feinstein all of a sudden
2: the guy wanted bigger tits <laughs> on the corpse
1: I think Amin is a producer at Hannibal Classics, your your production house,
2: Zach. Yes.
0: I got a clean house. All right, he's looking at a lineup. He spots the guy. They seem
2: unsure, but Moose is certain. The killer is acting his ass off in the lineup with the squinting. He is. That's a great call. Oh, he is acting his ass off.
0: So what's his name in the movie? Charlie?
2: Charlie Fly. At the time I'm watching the movie, he is being released from the station as Travolta sees him walk out the station, be a free man. By the way, he winks at him on the way out. Slow motion wink. Oh, I loved it. Oh, my God. Acting his ass off, right? I wrote, here we fucking go. And the explanation the cops give to Travolta is, he's probably just going to OD anyway. (laughs) I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) How does that make sense? Basically say, like, let nature take its course. He's not going to live long, most likely. He's probably going to OD. Guys like this end up dead.
2: This is how white people think, like, crime continues on the streets, is that... Criminals are being arrested and let go all the time for, for technicalities like, hey, he's probably going to OD on the street anyway. I'm
0: so confused by the exchange between Gilmore and Travolta. None of the writing makes sense. None of the acting makes sense.
1: I'd like to hang most of the shit bags who walk through here, but I can't.
2: Neither can you.
0: Oh, that might be a, a race thing. What's to hang him?
2: Oh, I didn't, I didn't even notice that one. Good job. Very woke of you.
0: He says, you're right. It's not my job. It's your job. And Moose leaves. I can't understand what the detective says here, but he says something about paying his crew and the whole file is on ice. I rewound it three times, couldn't figure out what the <laughs> fuck he was saying. <laughs> but again, the sound mixing is just horrendous. So this other detective says it better stay that way. Corruption! This is a police brutality movie, only not in favor of minorities.
2: It's funny, because again, like according to this movie, like cops are crooked, but only when they're helping minorities. Good hardworking yeah. white people who work in factories, they don't get the benefit of the doubt from crooked. Law enforcement. Nope, it's the minorities who do.
0: Daughter shows up at a diner to meet Moose.
2: She can't believe they let the guy go. By the way, also another thing. I don't give a shit if it's a spoiler or not. Given that they're all on the take, the cops, why even arrest the guy and bring him in the lineup?
0: It's a great question.
2: Why didn't they just bring randos in the lineup if you're not going to prosecute or do anything?
0: Another spoiler. There's a part where he drives back to the airport and drives in the garage. I remember thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, if they're back in the garage pulling the scam again
2: yeah like that do not return to so we do for three we ask for three dollars and then stab people
0: she offers for moose to stay with them tonight he says he needs to be alone and he leaves now we're back home and moose has been drinking a lot we're getting the shot of him reflected from the mirror on the wall he listens to the message machine recording of his wife it is a blatant ripoff of john wick just a blatant ripoff I'll tell you where. In John Wick, he's just watching a video of him and his
1: wife over and over.
0: Now he walks towards the closet and we hear her say, you made a big change for me a long time ago. And he sort of touches the wall and then he walks out.
1: I almost got excited at this point. You were were 20 minutes in, the movie's gone absolutely nowhere. I'm like, oh, he's touching the wall. Now he's driving, he's at the airport, he's looking for these dudes in the garage. And I
0: wrote, which to return to the scene here, that scam is insane. No one's doing that miraculously he sees them standing on a street corner and then he goes home he breaks open the closet wall again ripping off john wick in the basement pulls a wrapped up package out and he calls Marloni, <laughs> or maloney
2: he's an assassin now
0: Marloni says you know we don't do funerals which i didn't really understand what what that was and then Moose says he needs a few names
1: <laughs> maloney answers the phone knows immediately who it is and what's happening even though he's on a landline phone and travolta doesn't say anything not a thing. Not a thing. And we don't know how long it's been, but it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> I have caller
2: idea on landline phones.
1: I do want one of those briefcases, though. Sure, the form-fitting briefcases with all your shit in it. You got your your guns, your passport, your badges, your money. Should I be keeping my passport with weapons? Why does he need a
2: passport?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, to get out of the country, I mean. What a stupid question.
2: When? When you gotta flee? When in the movie does he like need a passport?
0: At the end spoiler alert oh
2: that's right yeah yeah that's right close card
0: all right, yeah, he goes right. Into a closed barber shop. we got a lot of we got a lot of future call heads <laughs> here he goes into a closed farmer shop sits down picks up a cigarette right, <laughs> i guess he's back into smoking now merloni comes out slices the cigarette in half with a straight razor says no smoke in the shop and he catches the lip part catches the lip mart and smokes it and then says he says no filter they're your cigarettes asshole he goes there's no steel in the shop as well banter
1: that was an entrance though come on man that was a good entrance <laughs> chopping the cigarette in half with the
2: stray razor is hilarious and then he proceeds to shave him <laughs> why is he shaving him
0: Some weird exposition between them about something that happened 20 years ago with merloni getting hung out to dry this fucking wick ripoff i'm just so at this point i'm so angry that It's a john wick ripoff merloni gets him the names of the guys who attacked him also merloni looks like a reasonably sized undertaker not the profession but the wrestler he's a wide-brimmed hat away from being the undertaker he's built like he's oddly built
2: hey man i knew that from Oz. Right, well.
0: <laughs> moose pulls up to the swamp tavern in a hoodie two guys by the pool table do the most obvious drug deal of all time just really <laughs> out in the open not like here's a little baggie or something. It's a fucking brick of heroin or something. It's
1: Columbus, Ohio, baby. <laughs> yeah. There's no rules
0: out there. What happens at the swamp tavern? <laughs> the black guy from the stabbing. Nathan.
2: This is the guy that you thought looked like Bomani Jones.
0: Uh, hold on, we're getting to that, okay? Black guy's throwing money around. He gives this girl the purse of Rebecca that they stole from the
1: stabbing. <laughs> the woman, bootleg Salma Hayek. <laughs> gets off the phone and somehow knows that travolta is looking for nathan she knows she's plugged in how he's gone to a barber shop
0: it's a great question
1: poppy you don't even have money to put bullets in that gun (laughs) is this a metaphor for intimacy issues oh (laughs) okay okay maybe and then he throws a big wad of money on the table drinks on me baby but then he takes it back he takes it back and pulls out a different wad of cash he notices moose eyeballing him and wants
0: to know who he is she asked if he's brave enough to go find out himself he then takes a cue ball off the pool table (laughs) what and hits it with the stick it goes right down the counter and shatters the glass and we get a slow mo it's i mean he might be a fucking pool shark i don't know why couldn't he throw it over there right why couldn't
2: he just walk over there and just like tell the guy to? Like-
0: and, and if Moose is eyeballing him this whole time, he didn't notice this happening. He hits this thing, sees that it's Moose as it shatters, and he runs out. Moose runs after him, gets shot at.
2: Are we going to talk <laughs> about who this guy looks like yet? Or like, you keep, you keep I'm getting to
0: up. it right now, all right? He chases him into a homeless camp behind the tavern. We get a gun pulled on him. He knocks the gun away, he drops the guy, and I wrote, wow, he looks nothing like Bomani. Also, Fomani Jones has no idea how this whole thing went down. That's what he admits. And I wrote, that was racist of me.
2: When I saw him at the end of the bar talking to the girl with the bucket hat on, I swear to God, because I didn't know if he was standing up or sitting down and didn't recognize him from the stabbing scene. I swear to God, I said, is that JaVale McGee? And not to be funny, I legitimately thought it was JaVale McGee making a cameo in this movie. See,
0: I thought it looked more like Andre 3000. Is that racist?
2: Yes, that is racist. What?! Yeah, but then when he stood up and he was still like 5'4", I was like, oh, that's not JaVale McGee.
1: And it's not that he doesn't know. He tells Travolta, you really have no damn idea, do you? It's a conspiracy, y'all. What about the pipeline?
0: He dares Moose to shoot him. Moose is hes- hesitant, then he hears sirens, and Merloni pops up saying three minutes. <laughs> that's when Fomani <laughs> reaches for the gun, and they both shoot him down.
2: He says, what are you doing here? And he says, I wouldn't let you show up in a neighborhood like this. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? (laughs) Because.
0: You know what it means.
2: I mean, like, come on. And then they just blow up the body in a dumpster.
0: To get rid of a dead body, these two guys put their DNA all over it and move it literally four feet to a dumpster. And then just set it on fire.
2: Did you notice that Maloney had, like, a rather ample amount of lighter fluid yeah, on him
0: just he just carries that around with him like a giant flask of lighter fluid
2: and then someone else uh, contributed a zippo lighter i can't remember which one it was but just tossed the zippo lighter in there by the way this is minutes after he said three minutes right as we could hear sirens
0: the other part of that drug deal takes a picture of them with the camera phone they start arguing merloni and moose start arguing so the
2: three. is that right yeah, one, two, three, not one friggin' boom.
0: Merloni gets into the Amin argument of how to count to three. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's good writing there.
0: <laughs> Merloni is saying he got lucky to get out of there. Moose says it's on him, and Merloni isn't tasked to do this. What kind of writing is that? You're not tasked to do this. That's not even, like, super soldier shit. No one talks like that.
1: That didn't bother anybody else? I don't know. I found their banter to be one of the more enjoyable parts of this movie. Really? Wow.
0: He says he was waiting for Moose to contact him as soon as he saw Rebecca on the news. And then we get a shot of downtown Columbus is popping, y'all. Oh, my God. Like Scottsdale
2: out there, mean? I don't remember this scene.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) We're in the den of a hookah bar.
2: Yes, I, I remember the hookah bar, yes.
1: They stop at Buckeye Donuts. Maloney says, I've always said it takes a certain kind of man to wolf down food after this type of work. And then he critiques his performance, and then he still wants in. You were lucky tonight. Luck will run out on you. I won't.
2: Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what that meant. We're in the den of the hookah
1: bar. The other part of the drug deal shows up to talk to the dude from security
0: footage in the first opening montage.
2: Oh, that was him. Yeah, Lenny K was knocking off like a a convenience store, and now he's the leader of the mob.
0: Well, I just referred to him as Goatee the rest of the movie. No, I never mentioned <laughs> him as Lenny K. Lenny just K- Goatee, Lenny to K. Me. <laughs>
1: Um, he says uh,
2: <laughs> not to be m- mistaken for Lemmy F that guy doesn't have his shit together let me just say
1: let me tell you oh, Paul God. Sloan who plays Lemmy K he's a real double threat oh, wait
2: that's, that's who that was?
1: A- he's a terrible actor and he's a terrible writer baby no, oh, Well, two bastards just Cap
2: Nathan man did they steal the crystal? nah that's the thing they left the drugs they were looking for Charlie who are these assholes? I don't know, man. The whole shit was random. Hey, nothing's random. Here. Check this out. You sat there taking pictures while they capped my boy. No, man, it wasn't like that. There was two of them. The drug dealer comes up and he offers him a hit of some Afghan kush. And I said, (laughs) weed hookah?
0: (laughs) That's <laughs> not how any of that works.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like this, And by the way, it's also a strip club.
1: Yeah, it's a strip
2: club hookah bar. And a massage parlor.
0: Look, I mean, just because you don't hang out in Columbus, Ohio,
1: doesn't mean other people don't. It's
2: because he's Armenian, I mean. Yeah, we'll find out later. He's Armenian. I was like, what?
1: Does he look Armenian to you?
2: His name's Paul Sloan. <laughs> What's his last name? let <laughs>
1: Lemmy K? This dude spent his entire time rewriting his own scenes. <laughs>
2: this is is a very multicultural gang by the way
1: it
0: is oh my god diversity is incredible
2: like it's just anyone but white
0: first he says it's gonna cost him as the guy takes a hit off a hookah pipe but nothing comes out of his mouth when he exhales by the way i don't know if you noticed that nothing came out not a not a not a whisper of of
2: smoke that's how afghan kush works or vapor,
0: i guess so. just goes straight into your He says he wants the guy's ring which he says, you can have it. He says, no, I like the way it looks on your finger. They bring out bolt cutters and cut it off. Seemed unnecessary. Find their families, find their dogs, and kill them all. <laughs> now daughter and Moose are back at a diner. He's going to pack up mom's things and needs to use his explorer to move them. Merloni texts him, time for a shave. Takes him down to the basement of the barbershop where there's a gun range and all these weapons. They're ripping off a scene from John Wick 2 with the sommelier, uh, right down to the knife selection. It's bullshit. John Wick is such a well-crafted movie, and this is just the laziest ripoff. Merloni says that Moose is kicking a hornet's nest here. He's trying to give him a contingency plan. They use the burner phone from Fomani to call the only number in it looking for Lars and Charlie, and they end up calling a tattoo parlor.
1: I always wanted a tattoo.
0: Now that the detectives come out of a restaurant and there's some street toughs surrounding their car, Goatee wants to talk to them. They go to the hookah spot, and he's mad that they're not protecting him and his gang enough. He shows a video of the governor's kid attending some kind of drug overdose seizure situation. If anything happens to goatee, that video goes
1: online. Hey, your boy Nate gets capped. That's not our business.
2: Yeah, first of all, yeah.
1: Online, I mean.
2: They don't know who shot him. Right. How is, like, one death in my very violent business equal to it's the cop's responsibility too why do the cops give a fuck if the governor's son gets put out there or not
0: yeah they'll just be a new governor like they don't clean house of law enforcement
2: yeah. <laughs> like why why would they care and it's not even like it's a chief of police it's just two regular beat cops like they're, right. they're barely detectives
1: right. everyone's in the pocket the big pipeline baby <laughs> they kept charlie
0: out of jail but they've got to find the guys who did it now the governor is in a limo you're detective so go fucking detect gilmore calls them they need to talk now Moose rolls up into the tattoo shop.
2: We've talked about this before. There are no more limos. Limos only exist. Columbus, Ohio. For, oh, never mind. Good point. What are
0: Moose rolls into the tattoo shop. He's going to get a tattoo.
2: Too late for tat? No, I can get you in tonight, man. What are you looking
1: to do?
0: He explains the Governor's son is in trouble and they have to protect uh, Goatee's gang.
1: Gilmore, at this point, becomes the most useless recycled basil exposition machine for the rest of the movie all he does is repeat shit that we already know to the governor i don't know about for the rest of the movie i don't know
2: as he explains to the governor somebody's gunning for lemmy k's boys and i said in caps one guy got shot (laughs) one guy got shot and you guys don't even know who did it And now somebody's gunning for Lemmy K's boys, huh?
0: Tattoo shop guy is texting Lars, saying someone's asking about him. Lars texts back to keep him there. He's on his way. And now the alarm at the barbershop is going off as Marloni walks in to check. Charlie's there with two other street toughs. Charlie's got a gun. Another (laughs) guy has a knife. Another, Another guy has a baseball bat with nails in it. What in the fucking double dragon is going on here?
1: A locked
2: door means we're closed. This gun means you're open.
1: You and your friends are messing with my boys.
2: They only have one gun among the
0: three of them. One gun, but they do have a knife and a studded bat. Merloni snatches the gun from the guy. He avoids the bat with spikes, then breaks the dude's arm who has the knife. He stabs the knife guy. He kicks the gun away from Charlie and then breaks the bat with his shin. As the guy swings at him, then he's stabbing the bat guy and he says, <laughs> That
1: really
2: hurts my leg.
0: Charlie escapes and he can't chase after him because of the leg. And that's why I write, this is the first bit of good writing. The fact that he couldn't chase this guy because he just had a bat broken on his leg.
2: Why did he break <laughs> the bat though? Again, why wouldn't you just wield he just, well, it he just tried to. Him? He just tried
0: to block it, you know? Okay. Lars shows up as Moose is getting an upper back tattoo. Lars is going to finish up. Moose says he's heard that uh, Lars is the best inkman in town. Uh, you heard it from his daughter. Her friend Charlie got a fly tattoo on his face. Lars pulls a gun on him after finishing up the tattoo.
2: That's professionalism, by the way.
0: Great. That is a dedication to your craft. You know you're going to pull a gun on this dude, but you finish up the tattoo. Also, that tattoo would have been days of work.
2: 12 hours at
0: least. Minimum, right?
2: <laughs> no, no, no. They're not in Columbus. <laughs> That's too shit.
0: As he gets up, we see the tattoo, and it says, across his back, I am Wrath, with a cross under it.
2: Holy shit. Again, the only reason he got the tattoo was to infiltrate the tattoo shop.
1: (laughs) But then he just was like, fuck it, I'm going to lean into this. He always wanted one.
2: I am Wrath.
1: And then he was inspired, you know, because... Why? The Bible glowed that passage showed it to him what if this movie was called kid fuckers would he have kid fuckers on his back
2: you gotta do what you got what mace <laughs> i have zero tattoos <laughs> he hasn't been in that movie yet
0: <laughs> you know sometimes you don't know but you know like you know you can throw a blind lob out there you're not certain that someone's gonna dunk at home but you know someone's gonna dunk at home at the same time that's what that was
2: it's funny because i hit my head on the backboard but i still (laughs) i still finished
0: slow motion shot of the shirt dropping down as lars realizes it's moose from the airport moose attacks him and disarms him he throws him over a counter into a wall and a sword falls down off the wall
2: yeah that was convenient
0: now lars has a weapon again lars cuts moose's arm then Moose grabs a box cutter and disarms him. Um, and instead of answering where Charlie is, Lars uses the box cutter to cut his own throat.
1: That is the hall of fame of
2: not snitching. I didn't think it was that drastic of a... <laughs>
1: I think there's like 15 times in this movie where someone's being held at gunpoint and they disarm him. And then not snitching, right? No one snitches in this movie.
0: Well, I guess Charlie does right Right at the end.
2: Charlie does. And uh, what's his name does, kind of? Javel McGee. <laughs>
0: moose grabs a duffel bag with a lot of drugs and cash in it Merlone calls him says they have to dispose of garbage they put bodies in a car and the car crusher takes care of it we get a weird overhead close-up shot of moose cleaning his wound in the sink and then drinking
2: out of a bottle of whiskey he loves drinking in his movies have you noticed that he loves having like just bottles on deck
1: yeah that bottle of bourbon is cleveland reserve bourbon He's always hitting it at home.
2: By the way, we missed the scene where he's gearing up for this whole.
1: Pointless ass fucking scene.
2: But my favorite part is he puts a knife in his boot. It's a
1: ripoff of John Wick. I'm telling you.
2: But I'm just saying like that can't be comfortable.
0: No, because I think you have a knife holder in there, right?
2: Does he? Because he didn't look like. It's not a loose knife. In <laughs> it boot. looked like he just put a loose knife in there.
1: Like he's got a rock in his shoe?
2: Or in his sock maybe. I don't know.
1: Like he's stashing like a hundred bucks. Yes,
2: that's exactly
1: what it looks <laughs> like. Sliding it into his sock. I
2: don't agree you saw a holster
1: i think that i think it's always assumed that there's a knife holder
2: no but they usually show it
0: <laughs> feels like we're in the weeds on this one i gotta be honest <laughs> the Afghan been, Kush.
2: Been, <laughs> Afghan damn he beat me damn he beat me
0: <laughs> i stuttered <laughs> now he's watching home movies of his dead wife he's drinking more he's got a real drinking problem he should not be handling his grief this way empty pill bottle on the nightstand oh, yeah, baby empty pill bottle yeah popping pills man he has a dream that she's in bed we're getting a dead wife montage he's in church now we get more of a montage of her being dead the black priest says grief is a funny thing it can ruin a man or make him stronger and that's when john says right or wrong i have purpose now i don't understand this i don't either <sighs> His daughter and son-in-law go to his place looking for the keys to the Explorer. Moose is confessing to the priest about things he's done many years ago. He wants to know if his wife died because of the things he did. Or those are those the rules? He has his entire ass in the scene, just FYI. No part of it is off. His entire ass. He might add a second ass in this scene. It's really bad.
1: <laughs> Whatever your sins are, they've already been forgiven. And then Travolta confesses he killed many men and cries. The
0: priest explains that there were, bad, there were bad people around Jesus when he died the daughter finds a gun and files about the killers the jesus in that church looked really dark but none of the like mary wasn't dark joseph wasn't dark did you notice that i mean
2: mary had jungle fever oh boy that's her son wait wrong Mary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you saying the sexual attention you picked up on in this movie was the virgin mary and jesus
1: we haven't had any of that yet i mean
0: the daughter is disturbed her fuckhead of a husband says she they, he can explain in the car they've got to go he's in a hurry uh that's when charlie does a drive-by shooting of them and they crash into a tree the daughter gets out as moose pulls up moose running around the car is fucking hilarious he is so upright and stiff and worried He's gone half Moose here. I know he's not going to film The Fanatic for like another two, three years. It's a future callback. It's a future callback to Moose because he is running around like Moose. It's fucking hilarious. The husband's been shot in the shoulder. She says they were after you, weren't they? I know what you're doing. Jimmy?
2: I promise nothing will ever happen to you or Jimmy. It just did. Got his ass, dude. She got a great point.
0: Gilmore is filling the governor in on who's taking these guys down. Governor threatens him with jail. Gilmore says, you'll be next to me. That's when governor says get the pros to finish the job no matter the cost.
1: Once again, just backfilling exposition here. Goatee calls
0: Charlie, wants to know why they're fifty K light from the tattoo parlor. Charlie's trying to calm him down, but this is on Charlie now, and he says he's got this. Moose then texts Charlie, says missing a shipment, they've got to meet alone at the House of Seoul in twenty minutes. Is House of Seoul because Seoul is spelled like like Koreans, like South Korea, right? And so House of Seoul, is that like the Korean House of Blues? <laughs> uh is that that racist
2: there's an interesting thing that happens in this movie that illustrates a bigger rumor that i heard but i have not had confirmed which is apple will not let you use the iphone as a criminal in a movie oh interesting and so I, i was very interested to see that when travolta's on the phone he's got an iphone But when all the bad guys are texting one another or calling one another, it's never iPhone. Right.
1: My man, Paul Sloan, Lemmy K, is he watching porn Uh on his phone while getting a massage from a stripper as two other strippers dance in front of him? And you're telling me he wrote this movie? You think he knew that they were shooting at that point?
2: Whoa, no one said action. (laughs) (laughs) Rich bitch.
0: In the House of Soul at the bar, Marloni walks up and then some hot blonde walks up to him and he shoots her away saying he's there for business tonight. What was the point of that? I don't know. There's no reason for it to happen other than to get the blonde on camera.
2: I don't know if she's supposed to get shot or what happened. I don't know why he began to laugh hysterically, by the way, like a crazy person.
0: Is it possible that was not in the movie and it just happened?
1: (laughs) She definitely wasn't an actress.
0: (laughs) That bar is apparently a well-known gay bar in uh, Columbus, Ohio.
2: Oh, so it is in Columbus. Okay.
0: Shot on location. (laughs) He texts Charlie
1: to meet in the VIP room. That's when Moose walks in with a hood. So his hoodie is that big because his head is that big, right? Uh, yes. It's a great question. He's got to have, like, custom
2: hoodies. No, he just he stretches it out.
0: Well, you got to make sure the wig doesn't really get pushed down.
2: <laughs> Ooh, actually, yes.
1: Maybe there's a wig protector. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be, like, some felt kind of wig shield, right? It felt a little, since it's an,
0: a police brutality, but only when white people are affected movie um it felt a little bit like travolta gets to wear a hoodie you don't do you get that vibe oh, me? Absolutely. yeah absolutely moose walks in charlie is eyeballing an asian guy in the vip room with a bag and he thinks that's his shipment because he doesn't know who he's meeting they both start reaching for guns
2: so much tension right there. yeah real tension and charlie's acting his ass off wait what kind of tension sexual tension man come on they're sitting in the vip and it's kind of like head nodding upward and eyebrows arching and all that noticing you noticing Noticing me Me.
0: moose walks in the vip room security tries to stop him that's when he grabs security and the asian guy shoots at him ends up shooting security uh takes him down from the uh the other bar out just outside the vip room they pin charlie down charlie says it wasn't his decision to kill the wife he gives up the goatee and then says you got three minutes (laughs) It says, it's not my fault. She's a nosy bitch. And then the Moose kills him. And They start to exit.
2: And they always have three minutes. Have you guys noticed that? Three
0: minutes? I guess that's the Columbus, like, response time?
2: On this exit, all headshots.
0: It's a ripoff of John Wick. Again, really? Yes. The red circle
1: scene in John Wick. It's just a ripoff of that.
2: Everyone literally gets shot in the face.
1: The angle that he holds his gun at to shoot Charlie, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know.
0: I've never seen that before. He, like,
1: lifts it high in the air. Yeah, I've never seen that angle before. Turns it, like, 110 degrees. Marloni
0: takes a bullet, but he's okay. Marloni has heard of the goatee. He's an Armenian douchebag. Out of Detroit. He might have eaten fingers in front of his crew. He wants Moose to tap out now that the killer's are dead. Moose is putting together the connection to the governor and the pipeline. What about
1: the pipeline? Is this an anti-fracking movie? Is that what this is? I thought it was a weak, weak, Weak-ass Chinatown oh, rip
2: oh, oh, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call.
1: Old, old voicemail to Rebecca
0: shows that they were messing with her reports and she was digging too deep. Goatee shows up to the daughter's house, says to get her father. She gets her phone and then grabs a knife and stabs the other henchman. As the goatee's about to shoot her, the nanny stops her, and then he turns around and shoots the nanny, and her acting and dying is way better than Nicholson's in The Departed.
2: Way better. The babysitter? Yes. The babysitter. yeah (laughs) What nanny are you talking about?
1: Well, whatever. Whatever the fuck she is. She's getting the kid ready. Well, no, I was like, who is this person? They haven't
0: introduced this character at all, and now she's getting shot. Well, at first I was like, is this the older daughter? I didn't know what it was.
2: I literally didn't know if it was the daughter of the daughter, so the granddaughter, or was this another daughter, or was this a friend? She must have been the babysitter. Like, there was never a time where it was confirmed for me who this person was.
0: Goatee poorly delivers. You're next. Understand? It's basically how he delivers it. Grabs the child. She's yelling no. By the way, she had zero exit strategy after stabbing that guy. What did she think was going to happen with her kid there? That is
2: horrible parenting. And she got the other girl shot. Yeah.
0: She texted the kid is is sick to Moose and needs her help. She used the wrong name and Moose knows something's up. He calls Marloni. He forwards the address to, to Marloni. Go T.
1: Chicks and kids, I hate this shit. <laughs> so
0: and she's comforting her kid. Moose breaks in through the basement. He drops the other guy. And now the goatee has the daughter as a hostage. He drops the gun and kicks it over. That's when Merloni from outside snipes the goatee in the shoulder. I so want to kill you. A third henchman is out there. He shoots Merlone, who comically falls down the stairs. I mean, <laughs> like it's Family Guy.
2: It's Vaudeville. <laughs> like, he like does, like, cartwheels. He's like
1: bouncing. He's <laughs> <days. It's> bouncing. <laughs> Moose kicks the shit out of the goatee. Looking real spry right there, man. Merlone pops the third
0: henchman. Uh, Moose wants answers on his wife. You wouldn't believe me. It goes right to the top. The governor. Travolta says, did Mercerve order the hit? Did Mercerve order the hit? Gilmore shoots the goatee in the head as he walks in before he can answer. Gilmore is trying to talk him through it and put it all behind them.
2: We could do this the easy way or the hard way. And Travolta says, the hard way. And I said, you damn right, Travolta wants it the hard way.
1: Gilmore just rattles off a laundry list of cliches. The cat's out of the bag. Do you yeah. want to do it the easy way or the hard yeah. way?
2: I have, a no- I have no idea <laughs> What this refers this is to. It's always my favorite thing. It says, I brought back up, so did I, the look on Chris Maloney's face.
0: Oh, I got it right here. Oh, this yeah. This is what it is. So, oh, yeah. So the other detective walks in and he says, I brought my own back up. And then Maloney <laughs> knocks him out and smiles <laughs> orgasmically.
2: Oh. Because he's holding up two guns. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I brought back up, so did I. It's like- and then there's a. <laughs>
0: Gilmore is cuffed to the steering wheel and they're headed to the governor they hide and get into the governor's compound Gilmore says it's double the normal security uh, uncuff him and they'll talk he then knocks Gilmore out and as Gilmore comes to he sees dead security guards all over the place and the other detective is locked in the trunk he then looks in the in the side mirror and sees that there are lit matches connected to the gas tank as the other detective breaks out of the trunk and jumps out the car explodes <laughs>
2: Can you not breathe in a trunk? I don't. The guy was yelling, but he can't breathe. I'm like, no, well, you it's can not breathe in a tight. trunk. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's not airtight. That's when Travolta breaks into the governor's house, and I write Moosey in the house.
2: <laughs> the
0: governor sneaks up behind him with a shotgun, hits him in the head. Moose tackles him. They're wrestling for the shotgun.
2: How many times does the governor have him dead to rights with the shotgun pointed at him? And so, <laughs> after the first
0: time, you got to just—you can't have your little speech
2: yeah you gotta unload keep having a conversation yeah pulls the
0: gun on him says you must be stanley hill black ops turned car guy i was like is this the worst basil exposition we've ever seen no because friggin'
1: gilmore's been dropping it on fucking movie
0: then we get this exchange what do you want justice wrong branch of government i actually like that's great <laughs> writing
1: great job (laughs) but he's also talking about the greater good and says travolta plays it close to the vest so we really are emptying the cliche clip here
0: governor says he used to be a bottom feeder like stanley following orders instead of giving them Moose says everybody knows about the report then Moose knocks the shotgun to the side it fires he grabs that knife out of his loose sock i guess and stabs the (laughs) governor in the chest (laughs) he drops to the ground and says who are you and this motherfucker this motherfucker, Johnny Travolta, looks up at his reflection in <laughs> the door and says, I am wrath. Motherfucker, what? They said it. <laughs> yeah. They said they it. They said it. <laughs> ah, ah.
2: <laughs> I am wrath. Also, I like the idea of this motherfucker basically fucking up the same Bible verse over and over again <laughs> <laughs> in a tattoo. Of what he says to people
0: governor's wife walks in and says he won't hurt her yeah she kind of takes his word for it and runs right cops and
1: ambulances show up they're now red dots all over his chest the worst red dots in the history of movies
2: <laughs> every uniform cop in this movie is is Greg Ostertag. <laughs> every single one of them. <laughs> look at all those they all look at gregos the red dots It's one slowly works its way up, and then another one. It's almost like they're wandering up. Like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, let me hang out with you. Then there's a (laughs) third red dot comes up. They're so slow and he looks down and he keeps walking forward
0: he walks out on the balcony with the snipers and guns everywhere in slow motion they say to drop your weapon he points the shotgun at the cops and they unload on him but turns out he had a bulletproof vest on and no one thought to shoot him in the head
2: the scene from dumb and dumber (laughs) it's okay i had a bulletproof vest on what if they shot you in the face (laughs) hey what if they shoot me in the face that was a risk we're willing to take
0: (laughs) now he's stabilizing the hospital it's been three days. The attorney tells the daughter there's a gag order filed from the DA's office so she can't speak to him. I don't think that's how that works legally. I can
2: tell you that. <laughs> the fuck I can't talk to him.
1: They're transferring him to a prison hospital. It's an issue of national security and he'll be tried with no jury and no lawyer. They're just throwing buzzwords
0: into the script. They unloaded the cliches and now it's just legal buzzwords. Security comes up and says visiting hours are over. And this is what the son-in-law goes. What do you mean visiting hours? We haven't been able to <laughs> visit him at all.
2: Someone shoot that guy. <laughs>
0: the daughter runs into the room like he's not a national security risk. She says she loves him and then gets escorted out. Shift change with the security guards at the hospital. One of them is the detective who escaped from the trunk. He has burn yes marks on his God. face as he takes the hat off. Uh. The other guard goes to get him coffee He walks into the room with his
2: gun pulled. He pulls the gun out of his holster because as a uniform cop, no one would question twice you having a gun on you. Sitting right there on his wall. Pulls it out of his holster, takes off the hat, and hides the gun in the hat. Lest anyone see the uniform cop with a gun.
0: He then gets in there and poorly says it's time to settle the score for what he did to him and his partner.
2: Or you could just shoot the guy. He
0: draws the curtain! That's important. He draws the curtain.
2: They want anyone to hear.
0: (laughs) bulletproof soundproof curtains he that's what he's thinking Rath says he's thinking about his daughter and how much he loves her that's when we get the shot again of her running into the room from earlier with a gun in her hand that she hid under him
2: what a great flashback
1: and we didn't miss this right no. like she didn't have the gun before no,
2: no. this is also why they don't allow any visitors because they know you guys be slipping guns in there
0: in columbus ohio he shoots him and then we find out merloni was
1: behind the curtain by the door <laughs> and the detective never saw him what in scrubs in scrubs and it reminded me that he was on scrubs oh that's right he was
0: they're arguing about uh merloni having having his back and about it being a rescue and he's wheeling him out like like it's nothing and again that he's not a threat to national security and gunshots did to- three minutes three minutes Cut to a mailman delivering to the daughter. There's a postcard in there from Sao Paulo. Drop in the message if you want or not, but we're rolling credits. I don't give a fuck at this point. You truly are my daughter.
2: Honestly, when the governor got shot and I looked at the, the movie still having like 18 minutes to go, I got <laughs> so confused. I
0: was baffled. <laughs> baffled. There has to be something. There has to be some resolution. Nope. He's just in Brazil now. That's why I need the passport. All right. The trivia in this. Uh, Nick Cage was previously in talks to star in this. When Christopher Maloney was interviewed about this movie, his response was, I gave a good three minutes.
1: That's amazing. That ties it all together for me. Also, the Nicolas Cage version was supposed to be directed by William Friedkin of Jade fame. It's the Friedkin weekend.
2: What does I gave a good three minutes mean? Well, he kept saying three minutes in the movie. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. It's a
1: bit.
0: In late February 2015, Travolta moved into talks for the lead. Film's tagline, I lay my vengeance upon them, is a direct reference to a line from Sam Jackson in Pulp Fiction. Well, it says screenwriter Justin later, but I don't, haven't seen that name anywhere here. Oh, it's a different screenwriter. Okay, his favorite film is this movie, and it even inspired him to get an I Am Wrath back tattoo, identical to the one Travolta gets in the film.
1: This is the most obscure cinephobe trivia we've ever had. A screenwriter no one has ever heard of. Loved this movie so much that he has this tattoo. Golden Dumpster nominees, John Travolta, Christopher Maloney, specifically the cigarette chop, the Black Priest, Charlie Fly, bootleg Salma Hayek, and then Paul Sloan double dipping as the worst actor in the film and its writer.
2: Yo, do we not have Chris Maloney falling down the stairs as an option? It's it's tough for me. It's between Charlie Fly acting his ass off, the slicing of the cigarette, <laughs> And the falling. I'm going to go with the falling. <laughs> I can't think of the falling down the stairs. I forgot about the cigarette. cigarette's pretty good, too. I'm going to go with the stairs. I'm going to go falling down the stairs, man. Because it reminded me of coming to America. With a dude that didn't want to pay his rent. <laughs> <laughs> you should Try that falling down the stairs bullshit, neither.
0: <laughs> Maze,
1: what's your golden dumpster?
2: It's Paul Sloan,
1: man. And it's all bad. Which part of him? Just everything? I don't think it'll ever be topped in cinephobe wow. history wow. to be the worst actor and an awful writer. He did it all.
2: Whoa, whoa. He's got Problem Child beat? You guys are pretty Like adamant that Problem Child was the worst actor ever.
1: Oh, that little fucking redhead? He's the worst actor in this movie. The kid okay. in Problem Child was the worst actor in his movie, but the kid in Problem Child didn't write Problem Child. <laughs> as well of <laughs> this motherfucker acted his ass back on <laughs> Bad, three asses and wrote himself extra juicy scenes so he could butcher it there's nothing like it it's him it's paul sloan
0: zach it's god there's so much <laughs> it's the tattoo <laughs> it's, the, it's the tattoo that's a half day's worth of work without a break like that's a you're right like i think that's gotta be 12 hours worth of tattooing that happened in a mere 45 minutes and it's just, and it's not like hey i'm thinking about getting a tattoo right like mike ryan of the levitard show was like agonized about this for for a while right and then got a tattoo of like the 305 from miami that's something that's very meaningful to him this guy who doesn't go to church who poorly read a verse from the bible because of his dead wife decided well i've been interested in getting a tattoo before that's like all right i might get a barbed wire tattoo or i might get a little thing maybe my wife's initials or something. nope i am wrath like the chosen one across lebron james shoulders and a giant cross beneath it that's what he got it doesn't make any sense it did set up him saying i am wrath This fucking I am Groot, dude. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, guys. Phobe or file for I am Wrath? I mean.
2: As I've described, kind of like, what is a phobe? What is a file? I've described what's a movie that I think I would file. At the same time, I feel like if midway through recording this podcast episode, I just didn't feel like talking about this anymore. That's pretty much a strong, strong sign that this is a phobe for me. Like, I I didn't even want to record this episode after, like, maybe, like, the first 40 minutes or so.
0: Wow. You sent videos.
2: Yeah. I mean, like watching the movie, I was like, this is hilarious. Oh, man, I can't wait. And then as we started recording, like around the 45-minute mark, I was just like, I'm done. It's bad. Like it, it just I, – I this is one of those ones where jumping into a vat of toxic waste and you may be able to survive like five minutes or whatever. But, like, I feel like we just took an hour and a half bath in it, and I'm just, like, I've I've got all types of cancer now.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Maze? I really did like Christopher Maloney. I do like him. I thought he was pretty funny, pretty good in most of his scenes. I enjoyed his banner with Travolta. This is the least enjoyable Travolta performance that we've done. And I've already phobed. I already phobed (laughs) Gotti. I already phobed the fanatic. The script for this movie was awful. There was no suspense. There was just mainline exposition broadcast in front of us, repeated over and over again to make sure we didn't misunderstand what was happening. This is a hard phobe.
0: Hold on a second. Hold on. Someone I did not at and someone who does not follow me. So I, I tweeted Justin later is it true you have an I am wrath tattoo somebody named Charlie McDowell who's a director of the one I love and the discovery who clearly worked with this dude says yes I was there when he got it just like the one from the movie okay so you guys both phobed it, it I mean it is it's exceptionally terrible like exceptionally terrible no it's just
1: exceptionally terrible
0: the acting is terrible this is the worst revolt I think I've ever seen right like I mean, I I'm trying to think. There's a movie called like Killer Season or something, or Killing Season. It's like him and De Niro, in which he's like a like a Bosnian assassin or something like that. And I thought that was the Oh worst. my god,
2: oh my god, really? Yeah. You get the mean hot?
0: I think I thought that was the worst revolt I had seen, but this is by far worse than that. Goatee is terrible in it. Gilmore's terrible in it. Charlie does act his ass off. I will give you that. Charlie acts his ass off. The daughter, the the son in law, or whatever. The kid's fucking annoying for the three scenes he's in. I do like the governor. I like him and stuff, but he, he's barely in this movie. What about
1: the pipeline? <laughs>
0: just the, I mean, it's just the fucking thing of it, right? Like, it's the idea that the I Am Wrath tattoo and the I Am Wrath delivery, like that it was building to that, right? Like, that's what it's doing. And I mean, I know what you think. You think I'm just setting this up to say, you know what, file. I was going to phobe this thing. Until I got confirmation that tattoo too really happened from Charlie McDowell about Justin later. This is a movie that inspires people. This is a movie that inspires religious fortitude. I would almost say. And because of that, I got to file it. Fuck you, you bitch. I got to. If that, if that tweet hadn't come in, we would have swept it. But this is, a, it shows me that there's something to this movie.
2: First of all, fuck you, you bitch. Absolutely. Second of all, I just did, while you were talking, because I thought you were going to come to your senses and, and call this the right way. We've only had four perfect games in the history of this podcast. Can you name the four perfect games?
1: By perfect games, you mean you mean all phobes?
2: Three for three phobes, yeah.
1: Okay, Theodore Rex? Yep. Gotti? No. Who filed that? Me and you.
0: <laughs> you enemy! What are we doing? Really? Oh. Good luck, Chuck? Yes. Okay. Even though me tried
1: to pump that one up. So my stat for that, Zach, is that is the only movie you have picked that you have phobed. Oh, wow. Look at this cocksucker. Uh, I'll say Mr. Magoo.
2: Yes, that's three. And there's one more.
1: I don't know. What is it?
0: It
2: is Scary Movie 3. So only four perfect games in the history of cinephobe. Yeah. I thought there would be more, but I like May's stat even better. The idea that you've only phobed one of your fucking picks, Zach?
0: I mean, what am I supposed to do? This guy tweeted in confirming.
1: What am
2: (laughs) I supposed to do? What am I
0: supposed to do, I mean? I mean, it feels like you're mad. It feels like you are wrath.
2: Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. doing next week
0: what fuck ass movie do you have us watching next week Maze?
2: oh no no <laughs> you don't get see. you don't get you don't get to say that
1: so this is a movie that i've seen a few times this is a this is a rare one for me we're going back to a movie that i legitimately think is good that i thought was good at the time that i don't understand how this never ends well it could be rated below our threshold it is a long came Polly.
0: wow what a
1: treat.
2: Uh, yeah, that's it'd be nice to like watch a a decent one for a change.
1: Twenty-six percent critics, forty-seven percent audience. This one's
2: not bad. Along came Paul? I am Rath. Oh shut the fuck up. I need I need to have bigger bazungas coming out of the top of the coffin. More more I say more.